It's time for the PowerMizzou.com podcast with interviews and analysis of your Missouri Tigers. Now, here's your host, Gabe DeArmond. Welcome back to the PowerMizzou.com podcast. Gabe DeArmond and Mitchell Forty here. This is our first podcast in two weeks, and nothing at all has happened. <laughs> I mean, I would say eight days ago, we woke up and thought, all right, well, basketball's playing, and, and we'll do that, and then... Thanksgiving, and I don't know, maybe some stuff will happen after that, and then uh, it's it's been a long week. Yeah, when last, last we left you, we said uh, you know that in two weeks we would have answers as to whether or not Barry Odom would be the football coach here, whether or not Missouri would be eligible to play in the postseason this year, and whether or not the basketball team was for real, and the answers are all resounding no's. Yes, we do have answers. <laughs> um, they are not happy answers for you, and you know, I was saying to somebody earlier today, a lot of sports fans like have bad weeks, right? When you're an Ohio State fan, you say, "Oh man, we we lost a game. This is a bad week." Mm-hmm. You know, uh, North Carolina basketball fans, we we lost to Duke. Bad week. Missouri fans, bad weeks are worse than most bad weeks, and this one is worse than those weeks. I mean, this is a bad like six weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go back to when the football team lost to Vanderbilt, not a lot of yeah. goods happened in there. It really hasn't. So let's deal with this first. But we're going to hold the football stuff for a second because if if all you care about is the football, the firing and the hiring, I don't know. Fast forward about ten minutes and, and listen to that. But we'll deal quickly. I, I don't know how else to say it other than was losing at home to Charleston Southern the worst loss in the history of Missouri basketball. I mean, I think it was. It's the worst loss in the history since Ken Pomeroy started keeping track in 2002. Was, yeah. I don't know much about – I mean, before then was obviously, you know, the Norm era. Like, I, I assume he managed to not lose to a team this bad. They say he was a good coach. <laughs> uh, like, I, I mean, it's, it's really bad. Like, there's no sugarcoating it. Charleston Southern entered last night. The 313th team in uh, Division One. How, they how had, bad are the other 30 that are below them? <laughs> they had lost. They had lost to Furman by 45 and Southern Utah by 35. Southern Utah is not a Division One team, I, right? Or are I they think now? they are. Okay, but I mean, still. Uh, yeah, they had only beaten one Division One team, and it was Delaware State, who is the second worst team in Division One. Oh, they were no. the second worst three-point shooting team in Division One. Like it was. It was impossible to imagine a scenario. Missouri was favored by 26. Like, it was impossible to imagine a scenario in which Mizzou loses. Even, you know, watching the game, you're like, man, they keep, you know, they started slow again. Man, like, they're not getting Tillman involved. Man, they're making all these mistakes. I guess, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll note that in the story. But still, as the game goes on, you're like, there's no way they lose this game. And then all of a sudden, with like five minutes left, you're like, oh, my gosh, they're going to lose. That's what I wanted to ask you. So I was uh, glued to my phone. I listened to a little bit of the game. You covered it. At what point in that game did you say – because I, I remember covering the Norfolk State game, and I remember distinctly with about 13 minutes left turning to the guy next to me and said, they're going to lose this game. So it, at what point did yeah. you know? It was later than that. Uh, I'd have to go back and look at like a play-by-play to say for sure. But like th- it was tie- – it, it got – Norfolk, or I mean, uh, sorry, Charleston Southern made a little run to tie Just it back up. Norfolk with like, yeah, same idea. Yeah. Made a little run to tie it back up with like, I don't know, nine minutes left. Mm-hmm. And then Drew Smith fouled out. And then they went back and forth. And I still thought Missouri was going to pull away. But then Charleston Southern hit a three with like, I want to say like five minutes left or something like that to go up three. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, and they, they were starting to get hot from three. I was like, I think they're, I think they're going to win. Because Missouri's offense, I mean, without anyone making shots, it was just, let's throw it into Jeremiah Tillman. And if he's doubled, hopefully he gets fouled because he would kick it out to shooters and none of them, I mean, they can't had a hope of making a shot. Yeah. They missed their first nine and last nine three-point shots in the game. Like that's, 
I don't know. So, yeah, that was. Did they go 18 for 18 in between? <laughs> no, I think they went four for eight. In I between. did hear they only made 20 shots in the whole game. Yeah. So, that I mean, it, low. I don't know. There's so many issues. Like, the biggest, I, I think the biggest area of concern for me, and obviously there's many, many, but was that not only did they lose, but they, they lost following the exact same script as when they lost to, to Oklahoma and Baylor. It was, or Butler, sorry. It was, you know, start horrendously slow and it could have been way worse charleston right. southern couldn't score uh and mizzou was down 12 to 3 halfway through the first half and then uh and then you know make a run have it it looks like in position and uh and um and then you know just wilt down the stretch so yeah i mean like that's i don't know it to have it happen so, three games in a row is a huge concern, obviously. All right, so let's have, for the next five minutes or so, here's the uncomfortable conversation. And we need to preface this by saying, Conzo Martin is going to be here a minimum of through next season. Yeah. And in all likelihood, through the season after that. Yep. Because his buyout after 2021, 20, which is the first time they're allowed to fire him mm-hmm. for a reason other like other you didn't win scandal. enough games, yeah. right, is... His buyout after that season is $6 million. Mm -hmm. Missouri's almost certainly not going to pay that at Mm -hmm. that point. So you're looking at two and a half years. But we've gone through about two years of discussion about this. His team keeps coming out unprepared and keeps making the same mistakes. That's all on the head coach. This is on the coach. They've played four games that are all the same game. And they've lost them all the same way for all the same reasons. That's the coach. Yeah. I mean, yeah, certainly, you know, at, at any point, and, like, you bring, we brought this up a time during football, like, at a certain point, you guys, you know, need to make plays. Like, Missouri isn't making shots. That's obviously, Conzo's not coaching them to miss shots. But if your guys can't make a three, stop having the offense be four guys stand around the three-point line and Jeremiah Tillman posts up and either you jack up a three or you give it inside and, to a guy who gets double teamed. And stop letting Jeremiah Tillman be in position to get an offensive foul in the first ten minutes of every game. Yeah. So, yeah, and and, you know, just like you said, you know, it's it's the same stuff. I mean, not being able to to start a game, it, it like it shouldn't be that hard. You know, I don't know to, to like find something to tell your your guys to do differently. Like they've they've shown that you know they can you know at times maybe get up and down. And I think maybe that's what he was trying to do with Xavier Pinson in the starting lineup last night. Like say, all right, for the first couple possessions, run. Like I don't so, know, try something. So that's the other thing I wanted to talk about. That's not – he won't do it. Yeah. That's not him. That's like him coming out and playing zone defense for 30 minutes. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen. And so we've talked about – we talked about two weeks ago. You put yourself – yes, defense gives you a chance to win every game. But when you're trying to win every game 62-60, to 60, you're putting yourself in danger of all it takes is three hot minutes by the mm-hmm. other team and you're going to lose. Yep. This is the equivalent to me of a team in today's Major League Baseball trying to win a World Series by hitting 14 singles and shutting out the other team every yeah. night. It's not realistic. You can't do it. Yeah, exactly. It's. I mean, it's what got Virginia bit against uh, UMBC in the first round of the tournament a couple of years yeah. ago, you know, where you if you try to win every game 40 to 42, uh, then, yeah, like you said, you know, Charleston Southern hit eight of 11 threes in the second half, and, and you can't overcome that. So let me ask you this. Uh, I, I talked to somebody this morning, and we had this conversation. Um The national title game last year was Virginia versus Texas Tech. Mm -hmm. And those two teams play kind of like this, right? And I think that was validation to Conzo Martin and to Missouri fans. See, you can win it this way. 
You know what Virginia and Texas Tech had that this team doesn't have? They had an NBA lottery pick who was an offensive star. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, yes, they play great defense, but they had Jared Culver and DeAndre Hunter. And, oh, by the way, Kyle Guy was okay, and (laughs) the point guard was okay. Ty Jerome, yeah. Yeah, so they had guys who could go get baskets. This team has no one who can get a basket when it has to. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, last night down the stretch, especially when when Drew Smith fouled out, it was – I mean, if – if Jeremiah Tillman's not going to score, your best hope is to just clang a shot off and hope someone can get the rebound. Because, the, yeah, the offense— I Which, mean, there by was, the way, should have worked against that team. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, just the offense, it, it had, it had you know, you had no confidence in anyone trying to get their own shot. And, it, you know, I mean, like, the three and four spots right now are basically a, just useless on the offensive end. I mean, Javon Pickett made a few nice offensive plays. He was scrappy last night, but he had some— Rough defensive moments. Torrance Watson is an, an offensive liability right at the moment. He was 0 for 7 last night. Uh, and, the you know, the two freshman fours have just – I mean, they're true freshmen. I don't really know Mario what you expect. McKinney They've not play. done anything. Yeah. All right, so we like, don't know why. I mean, right now, it based, down the stretch last night, Mizzou was basically playing like two on five on offense. It was, you know, Xavier Pinson could – theoretically drive in and, and try to get his own shot, although he struggled last night. And then you had Jeremiah Tillman. And other than that, it was like three guys who were just standing around who would maybe try a three that you knew wasn't going in. I mean, it's, you know, they just don't have a guy who you can turn to in those clutch minutes and, and say, go get us a bucket. We need it. Yeah. And so, okay, last last thing on this. And, again, I want to be clear. I'm not putting anybody on the hot seat or anything like this. But you hear the argument, not just with Conzo Martin, but with a lot of, lot of coaches. He's a good recruiter, but he's not a great coach. No, look, great coaches are good recruiters. Mm-hmm. That's what they – you know why? Because good coaches have good players that win games, which means they recruited well no matter <laughs> what recruiting rankings say. Yeah. So there is no such thing in college sports as a guy who is a good recruiter and a bad coach. That is made up loads of crap, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Fair? It's yeah. Like, if you're not questioning the recruiting on Missouri's basketball – the, the one guy they have coming in next year is a guy that I think he did have an offer from Southern Utah. <laughs> yes, he did. No, I, I'm like, no, I'm being yeah, serious. I actually but did. that's the one guy they've got coming in. It yeah. is absolutely 100% fair to say the recruiting's not good enough right now. This is year three. This is a year Conzo Martin told everybody that would listen last year, I think we have a chance to win the SEC. Mm-hmm. This wasn't us saying this. This was him. And they're four and four with – Almost now no chance at the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, last night the second and maybe third best players on the floor were, I mean, Kim Anderson guys and Mitchell Smith and Reed Nico. Uh, you know, and Jeremiah Tillman's been here three years. I mean, he he came as a part of that initial Michael Porter Jr. super hype class. Like, since that class, you know, not a lot of guys have, have contributed. And, you know, the transfer Smiths have, have been, you know, hit and miss. But, like, last night, no one he brought in since his very first year did really anything positive and and like you said it's not like you know this class as as it stands right now really provides any hope for a big you know leap next season yeah i mean look it's sorry but there's nothing good to talk about so we might as well start talking about bad stuff yeah yeah for sure i mean it's you know like the the one thing i'll say is uh and i saw this post on the message board last night this at least guarantees that you know, I, people say a lot of times in sports right now, no one's patient long enough. Like, Missouri has to be patient yep. with Conzo. They have to give him time to turn this around. So this will at least test the theory that everyone's too reactionary these days and guys just need more time. He'll get the so, time. I just yeah. – it's hard to see at the moment, you know, a, a clear path to, uh, to, to like, you know, 
have as the program is structured at this very moment to how it's going to get back to the NCAA tournament. So this leads nicely into what we want to talk about next, which, which is obviously the football coaching situation. I'm not worried about spending much time on Barry Odom and why he got fired and all that. It's five days old, it, yeah. which might as well be five months at this <laughs> point. But you, we talked a lot about Conzo's contract. So here's what I'm interested to see. When One of the reasons it wasn't that hard to fire Barry Odom was you only had to pay him $2.85 million. Mm -hmm. His staff will probably cost another, I don't know, couple million to Mm -hmm. get rid of. Uh, So you're talking about $5 million. That contract is very helpful when you fire a coach. That contract is impossible to sign a new coach to these days. Because if I am the agent of anyone that is going to sit down at the table at Missouri, the first thing I'm going to do is say, look at the SEC and look at these buyouts. Every Matt Luke just got seven million to go away. Will Muschamp is still there because we nobody will pay him nineteen to go away. We know you can do it because you just guaranteed twenty one million dollars to a basketball coach. We're not signing this unless you fully guarantee five years at four million dollars. Like yeah. you have to guarantee my guy twenty million. If he gets fired tomorrow, he gets twenty million. Yeah. Missouri has to do that. Yeah. And it's never done that before. Right. And I, I understand completely those who say, you know, well, it's not smart to guarantee this much money. Like, why, you know, Auburn guaranteeing no, Gus Malzahn $27 million. Yeah. And I, I sympathize with that. But you got to understand, like, I mean, the, agents are, are way more powerful than the casual fan thinks, especially one in particular who represented Missouri's old coach and who's not super yeah. thrilled with them you at the moment. You want to read about Jimmy that? Sexton. Check out our message. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, like, at a certain point, you, you if you want to get, you know, a guy, especially a guy who has offers from other places, which I think is, you know, maybe the hope that Missouri is, is you know, going after someone who at least is going to have some interest from elsewhere, that, that you got to pony up and, and give them some guarantees, especially, you know, when, I mean, I understand why Barry Adam went, but... You, at a school that you know fired someone for reaching bowl eligibility three years in a row, coach is going to say like, "Hey, I want to make, I want some assurances mm-hmm. that that the same thing's not going to happen to me." And if the same thing does happen to me, I never have to work again. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm set for life. Um, so yeah, that's a thing. And look, we are like we're not going to sit here and break down candidates because the truth is we don't know. Yeah. And and the 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 reason is very simple. I have covered. I want to say five coaching searches at Missouri. This is my sixth. Um, under, the ones under Mike Alden, the first four were under Mike Alden. They were not hard to follow. And the reason was that people around Mike Alden liked to talk. Mm-hmm. They liked to tell people things. It was pretty easy to figure out what was going on. That led to Matt Painter's our coach. Oh, my God, no, Matt Painter's not our coach. <laughs> yeah. uh, will anybody take this job? Mac Rhodes he had just talked to us himself. Yeah. You know, he would now he wasn't telling us who he was hiring and he wasn't giving away state secrets. But if you had a question about the coaching search, Mac Rose would tell you, oh, no, you no, that's that's not a good thing. You don't want to start right. going down that path. Jim Stark talks to no one. And, and I want to be clear. This isn't a criticism. In fact, it is probably a compliment to Jim Stark that he does it this way. Mm-hmm. But I truly believe there are no more than three people who have any idea where this search sits. That's Jim Sterk, that's his lead assistant, and President Moonshoy. Yeah. Maybe Alexander Cartwright knows. Yeah. And I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean, we, we've heard it even before this coaching search that, you know, Jim Sterk's not a guy who a lot of people in the athletic department, like, really feel like they know. He's a, he's a pretty quiet guy. He tends to stick to himself. Obviously, that's magnified when you're getting into, you know, trying to – Hire a coach and, and, you know, there's potential 
you know, people using you for leverage or not trying to have information get out where people can uh, can drive up their own price and and. Uh, or where maybe a guy who's coaching this weekend is in an right, awkward situation. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, there's tons of rumors. There always are. Um, you know, we've we've kept up with a lot of those on the message board and still trying to sift through uh, what is real and what is not. And really, I mean, you know. My best advice would be just kind of sit back, enjoy it's, it, take everything with a grain of salt, and wait and right. see when the uh, wait until the curators announce they have a meeting. And it's really fun. Um, I, honestly, it it is entertaining. It is like a grown up middle aged man soap opera. Yeah, truthfully, <laughs> where it's like, oh my god, what do you mean my dead cousin isn't dead? You know, <laughs> I mean that's 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 what it's like every day. And and I want to be clear, you know, because. We take heat, and some of it's deserved during a coaching staff. Like, how could what you said two hours ago already be proven false? Like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? This is the only situation where we fully up front say, look, we don't know if this is right. This is just things that are being said. Now, if we have something that we can say we're pretty confident this is right, we'll tell you that. But a lot of it, covering a coaching search has changed because nobody is following along. Nobody is subscribing. Nobody is reading. Nobody's doing anything for – Hey, Missouri fired Barry Odom. They're going to have a new coach in two weeks, and we'll come back and tell you who it is. Right. Like, that's not – you can't do things that way in today's media. And so what it leads to is some opinion, some speculation, some, I don't know, I heard this, and boy, some of the craziest stuff we've heard hasn't even gone out there because I can't even attach my name to that as a joke. (laughs) You know, but, I mean, it's it's crazy. And they're going to name a coach, and – I'm assuming we're recording this on Thursday after Thursday morning. Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning. Yeah. <laughs> I truly no longer have any idea what day it is. Wednesday morning. One week from right now, I'm pretty sure they'll have a coach in place. I kind of hope so. I yeah. have no idea who it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, I really don't either. I feel like we could pare it down to like 10 names, probably eight that we're like more confident in, but that's I'm, not very I'm many. not sure we can do that. Yeah. If you want the truth, like I think at this point there is a chance that the next Missouri coach is a name I have never written. Wow. That would be wild. Right? Yeah. And maybe that's good. Maybe it's bad. Last time that happened, it was Frank Cade. <laughs> People were, how do you say not thrilled yeah. on that night? The, yeah. the, the message board was wild that night, my friend. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, they will certainly hire someone. Uh, Maybe uh, they just won't. That would be wild. That would be something, right? <laughs> Maybe they'll be like, nah, we're good. Brick Haley's the associate head coach. We're set. Yeah, Brick's <laughs> promoting Brick Haley. That'd be fun. I, God, I, those press conferences Brick, would Brick be Haley, amazing. Brick Haley press conferences would be exciting. They'd have to run. We could no longer run the audio. Yeah, they'd have to run on like HBO at 10 p.m. Yeah. when you're allowed profanity. <laughs> SEC Network would never use a quote from Brick Haley. No. Uh, yeah, so, like, it, I think the hard, truly the hardest thing to do in our situation is to say we don't know. Mm-hmm. But but we don't know. Yeah. And anybody that says anything else is either Jim Stark or a liar. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so uh, that's where we're at. So, uh, two other SEC openings right now. So, let's do this. Arkansas, Ole Miss, Missouri. What's the best job? Hmm. I mean, so – Arkansas, I think, can almost certainly pay the most money. Uh, I think I agree. Yeah, I, I, that's at least my read on the situation. They've, you know, they've they've got some some pretty deep pocket boosters. Um, however, they are also in absolutely the worst position as a program. Oh, you are three years from a bowl game, right? In Fayetteville. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you want to talk about guaranteed money? 
Mm-hmm. Somebody is asking them to guarantee everything. Yeah, absolutely. I think Missouri is probably in the best place uh, as far as you know talent. talent level, and obviously being in the East helps. Um, your your schedule is going to be a little easier. So I, I'll say this. I, I I guess I'm torn. I think I, I I'll. I'll say Missouri and Arkansas are kind of tied, but it depends what you're looking for. I think you know, Missouri is the best job short term. Yeah, yeah, right I would agree. If you're job. someone who's looking for for maybe a springboard, I think Missouri is definitely a better job. If you're looking to you know make a, more money and more guaranteed money, I think it's probably Arkansas. So Ole Miss is and third Ole Miss in is, your mind, and Ole Miss is yeah probably third. I don't think Here, Ole Miss is a terrible job. Here's the funny thing: but, I think at the end of this, fans are going to look at the three hires and say Ole Miss made the best hire. Now that's possible, not yeah. saying that they will, yeah. but I think that's going to be the reaction. Yeah. I mean, just Ole Miss, hearing some of the names I'm hearing. Yeah, Ole Miss is probably. I mean, it's definitely in the best recruiting territory of the three, and it, it might have the best fan base of the three. So we are four days into the coaching search, which again seems like four months. Oh, yeah. it's insane. But Arkansas is. They started three weeks ago, <laughs> and know. they're. I don't think they're further along than Missouri is. Yeah, not unless they, you know, have an agreement with someone who's playing next week who's just keeping it quiet, uh, which I guess is But they're is interviewing possible, people but, right now. Yeah. Which is why I didn't buy the, hey, the job got posted, so Missouri has its guy. That was two days ago. Right. Look, I can tell you, verified fact, Missouri was doing interviews as of Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Now, to me... It would not be good business to know you have your guy and to have a coach spend his time to fly, sit down with you, and fly home. Yeah. I mean, that's not something you do to people, yeah. right? No, I agree. Uh, it, I did find it funny when, like, two days ago, or maybe it was yesterday, I don't know, someone posted, like, this coaching search is taking forever. I was like, Arkansas has been doing this for three weeks longer. <laughs> right. I mean, I, like, I've literally gotten, like, a combined 16-hour sleep since this started, and I sleep an okay amount every night. So it's not like this has been going forever. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, again, we think it's going to be next week uh, sometime. I, I guess it's still, again, like Mitchell said, the, the key is when do the curators put out notice mm-hmm. that we are meeting in 24 hours? At this point, that has not happened. The earliest that means that it could possibly happen is, say, Wednesday at 11 a.m. If they do that, they could theoretically introduce a coach Thursday. Mm-hmm. We have no belief that's going to happen. I, I don't think you put out that notice on Friday and, like, have a meeting on Saturday. Now, it's possible. Coaches have been introduced on weekends. Yeah. But I my feeling right now is we're going to get through championship weekend before Missouri officially names a coach. I tend to agree, yeah, especially considering the number of people, you know, who are being interviewed or considered uh, who are playing this weekend, yeah. Right. So, it's uh, – I don't know, man. Follow along. We we hope you do. We've got a special going on. It's fun. Um, we want to break the news. We want to be right about everything. I don't know that we will be. Um, I would – would say that we've got a, we've had a good week, so hopefully mm-hmm. you trust us enough uh, that hey, even if we even if we're wrong on this, uh, you know we'll we'll cover the heck out of it once it happens. Um, I don't know. I don't think anything else is going on. I think we covered all the hideousness. Right? Yeah, I mean, there's some ancillary. Is there stuff anything with, other uh, terrible we'd like to talk about? <laughs> I I I almost I kind of want to talk about the names on Charleston Southern. Okay. They had a player named Flandris and a player named Sidarius Bowser. 
But that's not terrible. That's incredible. No, these right? are incredible. Yeah, yeah, I should clarify. And a player whose last name was Alexander, like Alexander, but without the A. I saw that and assumed somebody had made it. And a, a coach named Barclay Radabaugh. I heard that the coach was, he was a talker. <laughs> oh, he was amazing. He he came in and immediately did made no effort to downplay the win, as he shouldn't. Right. Basically said, this never happens for us. We had a, lock, a water fight in the locker room, and I danced, and we're going to get milkshakes to celebrate. So compare that to... Uh, the two uh, the two press conferences that stand out to me were Lavelle Moton from North Carolina Central, who was just mm-hmm. – I don't even know what he said, but I loved him after <laughs> yeah. the press conference. And then Jay Spoonauer talking about Eastern Illinois stopping for tacos on I-70 before they came and beat <laughs> Missouri. So, so Coach Barkley, yeah, whatever, where's he ranked? I, I wasn't there for either of those first two. I, I love The taco moment was always my favorite. Because... And I still drive by that <laughs> restaurant and always want to stop. Yeah, because I think he said they had, like, boost players over the fence on yeah. the side of the highway. That's incredible. I don't think that'll be topped. This was this was probably second. I mean, it was – he like, he he was so giddy. And like I said, he should in no he way try to right. downplay this. I mean, it is a huge deal. But he was basically like, yeah, I mean, like, we haven't made shots all season. I don't know where that came from, but I love it. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Conzo, less happy. Uh, less happy. Although Conzo's always, I mean, he's always pretty measured it's after a, a loss. It's a little hard yeah. to tell when he's happy. Yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, he he's he's usually, honestly, sometimes he's better after a loss, I think, than a win. is because he actually, you know, he, he, he's more. He tells more, you what went wrong. Yeah, he's more likely to tell you what went wrong than what went right in the game, for sure. Okay, so we will record a podcast next Thursday morning. Missouri has a coach by then, yes? I think so. I think so. And and we'll, we'll hopefully try to start to get some answers to some of the ancillary stuff, like what players are staying and going. Obviously, we've had a few few guys enter the NFL draft. Uh, the recruiting situation will probably depend very much on who that next coach is. So we're starting to get answers. We need to hit on that real quick. So three guys have gone pro, two of them fully expected. Yeah. One of them very much seemed to me to be, this is the only guy I wanted to play for, and I'm leaving, and yeah. there's nothing you can do to change my mind. The recruiting, we they've lost, what, five well, commitments, the, we think? They've had three total, or two or three totally decommit, and a few others say, I'm still technically committed to Missouri, but I would like to look right. around. I'm going to so wait and see who the next head coach is. Yeah. So we're going with at least five. Um there have not yet been any transfers. There will be transfers. Yes. Now, whether that happens before a new coach is named or after, we don't know. We do have people monitoring the transfer portal for us. You understand all of this going in, but here is why a good hire is important. Missouri is in a decent roster situation. They mm-hmm. have some players. If you hire a guy that I'm just throwing out names, what if Nick Bolton, Tyree Gillespie, and Tyler Beatty all go, no, I can't play for this guy, man, I'm out. Then all of a sudden, you are Arkansas. Yeah. And you have put yourself in a situation where you've got three. Now, I'm not saying you go to Nick Bolton and say, we want to hire this guy. What do you think? You don't no, do yeah, that. Definitely not. But you know there's going to be turnover, but you have an advantage because you're a better team than most teams that fire coaches. Mm-hmm. You can't take that advantage away by making the wrong hire. Yeah, no, I I totally agree, and I think that's what makes this hire both difficult and really important. Um, is right now Missouri's in in a pretty good place uh, to to potentially you know you would think be a, a bold team next year and, and build towards something bigger. I mean this this roster is not like bare like like you said like Arkansas, but if you you know if you make the wrong hire and if you you know they're they're probably gonna this recruiting class is probably gonna be a bit of a loss. You know that when you fire a coach. But if you also have you know a bunch of upperclassmen leave, then all of a sudden you know you're starting with a, a really 
an almost impossible situation. You might have, you know, you're looking at potentially then firing this coach and bringing in someone for a complete and total rebuild. That that makes it a challenge. And that that, you know, like I'll, I'll, this is just a, an example. I, I I was thinking about it is you know makes it a little bit harder to justify a guy like Will Healy, who I think would really energize some people, but also there's a very good chance that he is going to be in over his head at first and the first couple of years might struggle. Yeah. And then, you know, then you're like, oh man, we lost this advantage we had going into this. And I'm, you know, I'm not making a case for one guy or another, but that's just something I was thinking when, uh, when his name popped up the other day. So it does definitely adds a little bit of uh, an element to this hire. All right, so hey, good news, guys. It is 55 and sunny out. It's it's real nice for early December. We will wrap up with this just real quick. Championship weekend this weekend. We get through the football games. Who are the four playoff teams in what order? Uh, I guess, I, I don't know. I guess they're going to keep putting Ohio State one. I wouldn't. I would put LSU one. Okay. Um, but uh, Ohio State and LSU, I think they both probably win this weekend. Even if they don't, they're both in. But I'm going to go say they, they both win. Clemson wins at number three. And then I, I'm going, I'm all aboard Utah, mainly just because I want if- something different. Uh, Utah wins and Oklahoma wins. I'm still going. I'm throwing okay. Utah in there because I want them to be. That's all. Okay. So here's chaos theory. If Utah's five right now, right? Yes. Oklahoma six, Baylor seven. Yes. Okay, so Georgia loses. Yes. Oklahoma loses to yes. Baylor. Utah loses to Oregon. Is it Baylor? Yeah, I think it is. I, and, and then the lesson is play Rice, Sam Houston State, and the Texas School for the Blind in the non-conference, and you can get in. Yeah, pretty much. It, it, as long as you win all your other games and don't lose to Vanderbilt. <laughs> wow. Nobody else out there who can get in though, right? With uh, I don't think those so. Seven. I don't think so. I mean, everyone else has like Alabama's dead. They don't play two losses. Again. I mean, Wisconsin's yeah. dead. I don't know. Maybe, Is Wisconsin I, dead? What if maybe Wisconsin not? If beats Wisconsin Ohio beats State? Ohio State, I guess maybe. Who are their two losses to? That Wisconsin or uh, I mean well, they Ohio? They lost Ohio. Oh, they lost Illinois. Yeah, <laughs> they might be dead. I don't know. They might. They'd have yeah. to have. I mean, if yeah, they'd have to have Georgia lose, Oklahoma lose, Utah lose, and. Baylor, Baylor loses starting look quarterback horrible in a win. or something. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think they're probably dead. Yeah. All right, so there you go. Um, I don't know. I'm exhausted. We're done. Yeah, we'll talk to you next week.